HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is, well, for the last time, Charleston. <laughs> this is our third special episode of HR and Happy Hour that's also on HRN on tour because we're on tour at Charleston Wine and Food. This is the end of day three. We Woo! did it. We're excited. We're a little tired, but we did it. But we have no, no, no. We got this. One we were, more. One we were more only show. at Folly Beach till about 2 a.m. last night, so we did it. It became 3 a.m. as Matt points out. I would sound a lot better if Journey hadn't written such good songs. Is all I have to say. <laughs> Katie, can just kick this off. Can you tell the story about how we decided where we were going to end the night last night? Yeah, I actually just I, I just told Julian this. So we were um, at Folly Beach. We went to Low Life and had some really delicious cocktails, and we really like had a hankering to go to karaoke. So like I went on Yelp, and I looked. There was like a bar down the street called St. James Gate, and the first review said it was two stars, and it said, "Don't be fooled. This is not an Irish pub. This is a low rent karaoke bar." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> let's go!" <laughs> so Perfect. that's where we uh, we just beelined it there, honestly, and it was great. It was. It was a perfect it choice. It was really fun. Awesome. Yeah. It only took an Uber like 15 minutes to get to us, though, but, so, it's you know, it's fine. We're here. We made, <laughs> it. We made it back to Charleston. Um, we're joined once again. Well, from our team, we have Hannah Forden and Eli Sussman in the corner. What's They're up, waving. guys? Hello, hello. <laughs> What's up? Signs of life, signs of life. <laughs> we, got, we have not been shouting out our engineer, Matt, enough. This not weekend. nearly enough. There's Matt. no... He's <laughs> so made it possibly. all possible. <laughs> Um, Matt has been incredibly stalwart throughout this weekend um, and uh, really has not been allowed out of that chair uh, for about 15 hours. So thank you, Matt. You've been awesome. That's my bad for not budgeting you bathroom breaks. Uh, I'll do better next time. <laughs> Try harder next year. Um, we have Nate Collier from Le Creuset here with us because we are in the Le Creuset studio and it has been incredible to partner with you guys this weekend. Welcome, Nate. I've had such a blast. This is so much fun. Ready to uh, round it up. But also, I do see Matt's had the um, Underbergs and uh, the coffee and the water. He's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> and we're super excited to 
have our guests for our final show of Charleston Wine and Food. First up, we have Steve Palmer, who is part of our Three Timers Club. You've been on all three Absolutely. of the past years. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks for having me. We went to the Macintosh earlier this weekend, and it was fantastic. Was Thank you so much. Got a great team. <laughs> yes. Great team. Next to him, we have Jeb Aldrich, who is the chef at Tiny Lou's in Atlanta, which is part of the Indigo Road Restaurant Group and yes, an incredible restaurant. Welcome, Jeb. Thank you. And then we have the wonderful, wonderful Jillian Zettler, the executive Hello. director of Charleston Wine and Food. You and the comfy couches, I'm ready to fall asleep over here. <laughs> this is how we end it. I know. This is the tradition. Um, so we're super excited to talk about a lot of things. Let's kick it off by talking about, like, a, let's get the festival recap from Jillian. Big, big news was the Today Show was here. The Today here. Show was here. They came, they saw, they Al Rokered. It was <laughs> a really, really awesome experience. We had great weather. Um, I think we had record attendance. I mean, but I just think people have genuinely been really happy, and um, it's just been a really joyful freaking weekend. It's been amazing. Uh, I can't ask you to pick a favorite event because that just would not be fair, but what were the highlights? Any highlights? I just think I'm really proud of the diversity of the programming this year. You know, it was like a really well-rounded wellness component that was brought in. We did late night color bombing last night and a celebration of Indian flavors. And um, I mean, I just, I love looking around at these events that sometimes I think even people in the beginning start to peg as like young folks events, millennial events. And there's people of all ages and all colors and all of that. And that was a huge goal of mine when I got here. And it's really cool to see such a tapestry of people at the festival. Uh, Eli, Hannah, you guys went to the Holy City Shakedown last night, the color bombing that Jillian's talking about. Um, do you guys want to give a little preview of, or like a recap of what that event was like? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, a hot mess, though, getting home to the house we're staying in and trying to get all of the powder off of my body so that I wouldn't destroy a lovely Julie who we're staying with sofa. Um, but it was so fun. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. There was really great cocktails, where, which were very unique, uh, things that I'd never had before. And I had some really interesting small bites as well that uh, I think people forget. Well, I forget that when you come down to Charleston, it is not only about the traditional southern food that, yep. that people associate with the southern United States. And so it was, as you just said, wonderful to see lots of different types of people uh, repping Charleston and repping the South in their own very specific, unique way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jillian mentioned the, that there's a big wellness component to the festival, and I think one big thing about that is the Ben's Friend after party that, is it the second year running? Uh, third year. Third year. Tell yeah. us about the bit. Well, you've been on the radio before. We've talked about Ben's sure, Friends. We'd sure. love a quick recap of the organization yeah, yeah. and then talk about the after party that you guys throw. Well, first off, thanks for all the support for the last three years. Uh, so Ben's Friends is uh, a, a nonprofit that is uh, specifically for the food industry that it offers support, access for people that are struggling with substance abuse. So it's people that are trying to get sober, people that are already getting sober, but it's very specific to the restaurant industry. It's named in honor of Ben Murray, who was a chef that worked for us that um, committed suicide, sadly, while he was an employee. Uh, so I'm proud to say in two years, tomorrow we launch in Charlotte, which is our seventh city. So we've launched wow. in Portland, so we're coast to coast. Um, and it's, it's really incredible. It's incredible because of folks like yourselves that have given us a voice um, 
and you know, we had a Ben's Friends meeting this morning, and it was packed. And out of town people who were visiting the festival were there. And the thing that I think that I'm most grateful for right now is the res- just the receptiveness to the conversation. Um, people that don't even identify with having a problem or needing help are still in our industry very always asking, how's Ben's Friends going? How is it? So I'm just, I, I love that our industry, in, in more ways than just substance abuse, you know, I say this all the time, we spend every night taking care of our guests, but we're just figuring out how to take care of each other. Um, and I'm just so stoked to be a part of the moment. So we have these sober after parties. Um, and it's really, I mean, there was Jenga, there was cornhole, there was pizza. It was it in Daco at our Italian restaurant. Uh, and it's just a place for people to come. Some of the vendors here are sober, and I, we didn't even, you know, we didn't even make, so they had a place to come and hang out. And so um, it, it's just a safe place, good conversation, good people. Uh, and so, yeah, it was it was two nights ago at Indaco. So thanks to the festival for always being super supportive of that as well. Amazing. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Tiny Lou's. Yes. Uh, just just over a year old. Uh, not even. Not about not eight, even yeah, a year. Old. Uh, June twelfth will be one year. Well, in that time, I believe that was it. Atlanta Magazine <laughs> named you guys the best new restaurant. We were. Yes, we were very fortunate. Yeah. Yes, I I can't be impartial. I have to agree. It's fantastic, and everyone should go to Atlanta to visit Tiny Lou's. Tell us about it, Jeff. Tell us about the food. Um, So it's a French brasserie. Um, The Hotel Claremont was built in 1920. Um, So it's got an old history to Atlanta. It's very much attached to Atlanta people. It's been around for a long time. That neighborhood is very historic. There's a lot that's going on. It used to house old uh, Ford employees. It used to Bonaventure Arms Apartments. for a long time, it was kind of different things, apartments, a hotel, and then kind of got went in the wrong direction, um, to say wrong the least. Or right, I don't know. To say the least. Know. <laughs> uh, you know. Bar, flop house. Yeah, you know. Um, Motel by the, the hour. The, the dark ages, you know, <laughs> we we'll call it. Um, and then the city condemned it in 2009, um, so it sat empty for almost 10 years. Um, and then Steve graciously was, you know, brought with the, with the project. And we kind of move forward with it. Um, the food itself, it's 100, well, it's 100 seats. Uh, we also have a lobby bar, a rooftop bar. Um, the food is very, very, you know, focused on French, you know, brasserie. We have steak frites, but we also have foie gras, torchon. Um, it's a good mix of food with a, a good amount, a lot amount of, or a large amount of southern ingredients. So it's taking French cuisine and then... Yeah, we gotta talk about the tattoo. <laughs> let's just let's just. We dive told in. this let's story on Meet and Three, yeah, but in case any of our listeners haven't heard, well. you gotta yes. tell us the story. <laughs> that's Tiny Lou. So that's Tiny Lou right there. Um, the whole story behind her, kind of, she used to be a dancer back years ago um, in the '50s. There was not a lot of history we could pull up on it, but we knew she was Austrian. Um, and they kind of searched the archives and found some pictures here and there, and that's kind of where they came up with the name for the restaurant. So. Um, so when she came to Atlanta, she was a dancer in Europe. And so her tagline was, the woman that famously refused to dance for Hitler. So, uh, and then she and somehow ended up in Atlanta and was a dancer at the Claremont Hotel. <laughs> Amazing. I love the tie in there. And Jeb, I have to ask, it seems like a bold choice to commit to the tattoo, like before the restaurant's open. It was open. pretty bold. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, it's like, it's, you know, it's also the kind of preparates, you know, People say, you, know, you, got, you got one shot at this. You, know, yeah. you got one shot to come in. 
and do this right. And it was kind of, it was, we went all in. You know, everybody there went all in. We have a great team, an amazing team who kind of came together. We have an amazing pastry chef as well, Claudia. She, she crushes. We had Claudia on happy hour on Friday. Yeah, she's great. She's like um, one of the most brilliant. humble, talented people I know. Um, we work. 26, yeah. Um, we work really well together. We have a great team. And it's just, it's not just the people from, you know, it's a lot of locals. So during the week, it's, it's filled with locals and people associated with this property. And it's kind of like what you're trying to achieve at the festival here and the diversity. It's all walks of life. I mean, you'll walk, you'll have a tattoo artist from the down street and then you'll have someone in their 70s um, and it also just kind of French food kind of is, brings back generations it kind of took like a break for about 10 years we feel like where just there wasn't a lot of French cuisine and but when I started cooking everything was it was very French technique driven French style service fine dining that kind of thing it kind of went away for a little bit and now it's starting to come back again so it's really be you know it fits the property it brings the young the old everybody back to Atlanta um, and went to that property, so it's really it's working really well. Um, Steve, how did you and your and Indigo Road decide that that would be a project that you'd take on? So I'm, you know, growing up in Atlanta. I mean, I've been a native. Uh, I, I've been a well, I've been in Charleston for 30 years, but I grew up in Atlanta. The the infamous Claremont Lounge, which has been up open and operating even during its condemned years, um, it's just in Atlanta. There's an Atlanta institution. There are women that have been dancing there since the 70s. Um, you know, when any bar that Madonna hangs out at, Mumford & Sons gets thrown out of, Anthony Bourdain <laughs> filmed his show. So the, this lounge existed beneath a condemned building for the last 10 years. Um, French for me, so even here in Charleston, three generations of restaurateurs ago, when I first got in the business, even the southern chefs had all trained under French guys. And they came back here, so they were using French technique, and we began the Claremont seven years ago. That's how long it took to restore this hotel. And I, being of that era, you know, the last decade it's been, I think, a lot more Asian-influenced. There's, you know, chefs are influenced. The, the lines are so blurred now, which makes it really incredible. But um, I just felt like French was going to have a comeback. You saw Le Cuckoo in New York open two years ago, and that made this huge splash. And, um, I, you know, I, it, it was my favorite nonprofit project for seven years, so <laughs> it's definitely been a labor of love. Um, but, but it's just been so well-received um, and, and very little to do with me and mostly to do with Jeb and Claudia and the whole team. But uh, it's a project that we, we hung in there with, and, and it was frustrating but now uh, I'm just, the food is beautiful and it reminds me of when I first got in the business. It's not pretentious at all. If anything, it's the, the check presenter says above where the ladies dance. I mean, it's a, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no, there's no pretense, but the, the food is definitely French and it's fun. Um, Jeb, you worked at uh, Joel, which was uh, a very big deal kind of French restaurant in Atlanta for a time. It was. How, yes. It's, it was very much so. Yeah. How how did that like shape your cooking? Because uh, the um, other places you've been have been more like traditional, I would say. Yeah, it really shaped my cooking. I mean, I was well one of only three Americans that worked there, um, and it also opened up a lot of doors for me as well. Um, you know, I work with these guys. He would literally, Sicily. They would come in from all over the world, Singapore, all over the world. They would come and we work in this kitchen. He had them actually. They would stay in the apartment complex right up the street. Um, <clears throat> But it was amazing. You walk in this kitchen, it's all French Brigade style. You know, we had three or four guys on each station. 
you know, I got one guy who's just hand and garnishes over, you know, and he's very fine. Um, but I learned so much, and that's kind of what really propelled me to to move forward in this business for sure. It opened up doors. I moved to Austria after that. I moved to Italy after that. It just opened up all these doors for me, you know, going in the experience and that kind of that level of cooking, you know. And that was this was right after. You know, when French food, you had Arnaud at the at the Ritz Carlton too, and he, was, he still had you know Gunther was still in town, things like that. So um, it's kind of it's cool to bring it back to Atlanta though, and, and especially bring it to a hotel where you know hotel restaurants don't really they typically don't do well in Atlanta. Um, we've kind of come in and definitely yeah, so changed that. So behind the wall here, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some yeah. moon girls to back up your uh, yeah. your answer there. Um, Jillian, one thing we have to talk about is that. Uh, Way back when we talked in New York a while back, we, we realized that Friday of the festival is going to be on International Women's Day. And so talk about the programming that took place on Friday in honor of that. Well, I want to take a second and shout out to my team, which is comprised almost entirely of women. We have one token man, not on purpose, but that's the way that it shakes out right now. Um, so I think as a team, we, we've been talking for a while about ways to encourage a diversified lineup at the festival and how we, we do that because a lot of even the chef choices are kind of born from local chefs and who they're inspired to work with. So I have to give kudos to the local chef community here in Charleston that after that conversation and we talked about ways we could do that, you shared with me equity at the table and using that database as a way to be able to um, make sure people know great female talent is out there. You just you need to be willing to see where it's existing. Um, and we, I wrote a letter and sent it out to all of the chefs that were doing signature dinners during the festival and said, hey, I'd like for you to consider inviting someone that doesn't look like you. And I really didn't say much beyond that. And here's a list of people that we think would be great for your consideration. And they rose to the, ta- they rose to the occasion. And, I, and I'm really proud to say that, I want to say it's 60% of the folks that are participating this year, 70% are women. Wow. And, that, awesome. and it was 30% before that. And I'm a woman who loves women. And, you know, it, it was just the way that it was. So diversity sometimes has to be intentional. And I'm really, really proud of that this year. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the signature dinners that happened this year that were, uh, that maybe brought in some uh, new fresh faces to Charleston? Uh, Caroline Glover came for the first time this year. Manit was back again. Um, Gosh, uh, Naomi Pomeroy was here. I mean, the, the list kind of goes on and on, but um, it's just, to me, it's always really magical that there are hundreds and hundreds of people, including everyone that's in this room, that it takes to make the festival happen. And universally, everyone decides to be in Charleston for five days to do it. And that's, I mean, I think that's, when people overuse the word epic, but I think that's pretty freaking <laughs> epic. I would, I would second that. I, I, I would love to know, because I feel like we started hearing from the Lake Crusade folks about the studio being built like much earlier than I thought. I, I would love to know a little bit about how this whole culinary village comes together because it's it's a maze of wondrous delights. And it there's like there's a there's a two story first in South Carolina structure over there. Two story ten. Yeah, I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, well, you know, they wanted to make a splash um, here in the culinary village and I said, well, what if we did a two-story tent, not even knowing if the city would let us do it? And thankfully, everybody was on board, architectural review board here, two-week build-out. People are having a blast. I have an amazing event director, Allie Miller, who reimagined, I think, this whole space and the way it flowed, and an amazing team of people. I mean, it's... 
I, it's really kind of unbelievable. I don't think there's much more, unless we start adding two-story tents everywhere, I don't think there's much more that there we can like fit into physical them. boundaries of Marion Square, yeah. but, um, I mean, the sky's the limit. I think that uh, I you, you have infinite room for growth in I the guess. upward direction. I mean, this yeah. podcast space is also <laughs> really amazing, and we're so thankful to Nate and Le Creuset, who, you know, we were hearing about people podcasting in the back seats of cars and closing bathroom doors, and there's all this great content being generated, and you guys have been such amazing partners here at Heritage, so to have this cool space built out and Snyder, our local rent, rental company, custom building this wall so everyone could see and listen is really cool. Yeah, we haven't really mentioned, but so we're next to the Open Table Industry Lounge and people can pick up um, wireless headphones and tune in to hear what we're doing as we're sitting here. We're waving at They're a couple of them. We wanted now. a little bit Hi, of friends. like a Roberta's flair. <laughs> you know, we wanted a little nod to that. Next year, pizza. We will we do gotta our damnedest. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, is it almost that time? Did we even give them a warning this time? I feel like everyone's v- pretty familiar with trivia. We do I a mean, little bit of trivia on HR and Happy Hour. I fail every time. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wins trivia. Um, Nate has been kind enough to be my trivia co-master. Um, so, yeah, we can just go ahead and jump How's in. How's it going to work today, Kat? Today it's going to be traditional. Everybody's on the same team. Everybody Shout helps. Out. And... In honor of a little crossover that I feel like happened today between French cuisine, Tiny Lou's, and the fact that we are here in Charleston, um, we are going to do trivia about Charleston's French Quarter, which is um, basically the original walled city of Charleston. Its borders are Cooper River on the east, Broad Street on the south, Meeting Street on the west, and Market Street on the north. So we and so far, only Kat and Nate have seen the questions. Yes. And so you guys have also Hannah, Eli, and technically me, even though I'm pretty sure I will be no help to help you. I don't know. All right. I was born in Long Island and grew up in Vermont, <laughs> so I'll do my so best. So very familiar with the French I'll court. do my very best. All right. Uh, so question number one is, situated at the northwest corner of the French Quarter is the city market, comprised of a series of sheds. How many blocks does City Market stretch? Steve's counting. Steve's counting. That is wrong. It's higher. I was going to say three, but I don't know. A little higher. Really? Four and a half. Four. Uh, East Bay. (laughs) We're We're doing the mental math. This is I also thought it was three as a local, so I did not okay. know the answer to that Good. question, so don't feel bad. She does her research on these questions. <laughs> so get ready. It might be wrong. Right. I'd respectfully, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. I'm a, I mean, I, I drank a lot on Market Street in the 90s. I think I know those, <laughs> I think I know those streets. I think, it's two, I think it's two or three. We'll, we'll do some so research. We, uh, Not we've all got of the a, uh, through, we're going to contest this question. Okay. We're going to come back okay. to okay. it. Okay, question number two. The Dock Street Theater was built in 1809 and was originally a hotel, like the Claremont. At the time, it was on Dock Street, of course, but what royal-sounding street is it located on today? Uh, I'm going to... Dock Street Theater, royal-sounding I mean, street. It's got to be Prince or King. It's Prince. It's on Church no. Street. No. Not yet. Royal Nobody's got sounding? it yet. Royal sounding name. Queen. Queen. There you go. Queen. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. Yeah. Jeb Alders, ladies. 
who went to culinary school here at Johnson & Wales in the 1990s. Nice work. And studied all the maps. Uh, okay, question number three. The second oldest home in Charleston is notable for its distinct color that symbolizes a historic link between Charleston and Bermuda. What color is it? Hannah wants to venture a guess. Is it yellow? It's not yellow. Oh. Teal? It's not the house. No, I it's thought. not teal. Yellow was going to be my guess. Sky now. blue. It's not sky blue. Pink. It's all. It's pink. Katie it's got pink. it right. Or was that Katie or Jillian? I didn't say anything. Jillian. 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 Well done, Jillian. After I get after nice, I guess yellow. So. Nice work. Nice I guess work. Guess what it's named? The pink house. Boom boom. The French Quarter is bordered on the east by Waterfront Park. What fruit sits atop its signature fountain? Pineapple. Pineapple, yeah. Softball. Jillian Zettler, ladies and gentlemen. Nice work. Yeah. That was the lightning round. All right, last question. You guys are doing a very good job. The Pirate House was built in 1740 as a home for a French merchant named Alexander Perrineau. Or Perrineau. What apropos symbol of the sea adorns its facade? An anchor. That's correct. Nice Boom. work. Yeah. Wow, just like that. Steve you guys won the right right Group effort. Cool. I think Congratulations. Have, I think we have some prizes. We, we do is have there Lake, prizes. Is there Lake Crusade coming to my house? Or? <laughs> Absolutely. As much as you want. We'll put some Lake Crusade in our Heritage Radio Network tote bag, and you'll be ready to go. That's it. Um <laughs> All right, any, Jillian, any final thoughts about the festival this year? And also, we're obviously going to have to plug the dates for next year. Yes. God, that means I need to look them up on my phone because my eyes are crossing. There's a really big sign out there that has them. So. Oh, my gosh. Um, all I would just say is, is thank you. It, it definitely takes a village. It's an awesome, awesome weekend. You plan all year for it, which the people in this room totally understand that process and how long it takes to get everything ready. Um, but there's definitely a lot of people who, who don't realize that. And it is a labor of love. And Charleston is magic. And we love that we get to have this link to Brooklyn and celebrate with all of you guys. And I hope that we're sitting around this table with a five, seven, nine timers, timers club. Awesome. So thanks. Thank Cheers you so that. much. We love coming here. It's a highlight of our year every single time. Thanks again for having us You're being so great welcome. partners. Thanks, Nate, too, from Look Of Le course. Crusade. Loved being here. This is so much fun. Lots of cool people, lots of good food, but the people for sure make this thing happen, no it's doubt. It's really magical. Um, where can people learn more about Tiny Loose? Uh, well, you can go to theindigoroad.com or tinyloose.com. Yeah, either one. Either go, one. Go to Tiny Loose. Everybody go, out there, go to Tiny Loose. It is. Have the foie. Have the foie. Have the foie. The foie gras with the cocoa nibs. Mm-hmm. Man, life changing. So good. Um, just don't, if the Super Bowl's in town, maybe don't go. Because yeah, not so much when the Super Bowl's there. It gets bought out there. by <laughs> That was, that was <laughs> not, we were not all <laughs> rapping at the end of that going. That was amazing. We can't wait to do another Super Bowl week. <laughs> We that was absolutely not what we were saying. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us. We're like the happiest tired that you can be. I think we can all agree on that. Um, 2020. 2020. That's crazy. 15th anniversary year next year. That's oh a big God. one. Right? Yeah, that's big. How that's are you ever going to top yourself? I guess she will. we'll figure it out. <laughs> it's all together. Yeah. In w- April watch. at the Nomad, we'll, we'll start <laughs> yes, devising a plan. Perfect. Watch. She'll, she'll top it. She will yep. top it. 
I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, well, that's Steve a Palmer. wrap yeah. on Charleston 2019. Yep. Thank Steve you, Palmer, guys. Jeff Aldrich, Thanks Jillian for having us. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, guys. you to our Thank you, Lake Matt. Se. Thank you, Heritage Well done, dude. Thank you, thank Nate. You, thank you, Charleston, thank for you. having us. Absolutely. We'll see you next year. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.